Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I am really, really happy to be here. It's my fourth service. I didn't think I had the same stamina I had 20 years ago. I didn't think I would be able to hold up all day preaching from eight. And here I am. So it's actually a testimony of God's goodness. <laughs> I have a lot of respect for Reverend Betty and the team that spend the day in ministry. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for the honor of just uh, giving me the opportunity to be here. I want to ask for a very unpopular, it's an unpopular request, but would it be okay for us to move to the center? Um, because I want to have to swing to sparse, it's a very sparse, empty chairs all around. Now, I know how you feel. I always had my chair. Is that chair that I love. If I'm not in that chair, I haven't really prayed. Please allow just this one time. Um, Bambi Prince, please carry that princess over. That's what daddies do. You'll, you'll survive. Um, apologies, guys. I, I shouldn't be harassing you across. Uh, but I just felt that I, since we're small and intimate, would be together rather than empty benches and some past. Please feel free to take some front seats. And I won't be long. Hallelujah. God is faithful, isn't he? We'll just lift up your voice and just worship the Lord. Just lift up your hands and worship the Lord. When the oceans rise and thunders roar, I will soar with you above the soul. Father, you are king over the sun I will be still know you are God and when the oceans rise and thunders roar thank you Jesus Father I give you praise and I worship you God Thank you, Jesus. Father, you are king. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We worship you, God. Still know you, our God. I will be still know you, our God. We're singing mad. We're singing majesty Your grace has found me just as I am Empty-handed but alive in your hand We're singing majesty just lift up your hands and worship the Lord right now. We're singing majesty forever. Forever I am changed by your love. In the presence of your majesty. Oh, we're singing majesty. 
We're singing majesty. Oh, we're singing majesty. Your grace, your grace has found me just as I am. Empty handed, but alive in your hand. We're singing. Lord, we're singing majesty. Lord, we love you, Lord, we love you, Lord. We're singing majesty. Oh, forever, Lord. Forever, I am changed by your love. In the presence of your majesty. We're singing. Lord, we worship you. Jesus, Jehovah, we're singing. Oh, we're singing, Lord. It's forever, forever. Thank you, Holy Ghost. In the presence, majesty. Just lift up your voice, wherever you are. Just worship Him right now. I don't know how your week has been, but just worship Him. Father, we give you praise and glory. Just take a moment right now to just worship the Lord right now. Invite Him in this place right now. Father, we thank you. Oh, there's none like you. Jehovah, none like you. I feel unworthy, Lord, but I thank you, Lord, that you can still use me, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you can still use me, Lord. And if you can use anything, Lord, use me. Use me, Lord. Come and speak to your people, Lord. Come and touch your people. Come and lift up your people. Come and bless your people. Father, I worship you. And I magnify your name. Surely there's no one as worthy as you are. No one as faithful as you are. I give you glory and praise. Mm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I feel your presence in this place right now. Oh, Jehovah, we love you, love you, love you, Lord. We love you, love you, love you, Lord. Hey, ah, I love you, Lord, I love you, Lord. I need you, I need you, I need you, Lord. Thank you, Jehovah. We give you glory and praise, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you because you're here this afternoon and I thank you that you're here to touch those that came to be touched you came to bless even those who didn't even think they'll be blessed today Lord you bless them Lord you came to heal those that need healing to deliver those that need you to deliver them Lord Father we welcome you right now in this place Lord you come and take over take charge and take over we worship you God and I praise you in Jesus mighty name I have prayed father I give you thanks and you give the Lord a mighty hand clap oh, glory and praise. I just want to ask the worship team why don't you just come let me just come and we pray together where's the worship leader come come just if you don't mind just standing here just stand this side 
Just come. Come and stand right here. Just face me. This time you're not, you're not serving. I want to minister to you. Amen. I want to stretch out your hands to just pray for these, these people. And as they're ministering, I just felt a need to pray, to pray for them. You know, worship comes from the bosom. So just, 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 just touch your tummies as I pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to pray for the worship team. And Lord, I don't know what the burden was. I want to pray for the worship leader. What's your name? Your name again? I want to pray for Isaac. Hallelujah. My sermon is about Isaac today in the Bible. And I thank God that Isaac is here. And I thank God for the worshipers who are here right now. But I felt a burden. Just stretch your hands as we pray. To just pray for the worshipers. Now, I must tell you that you're about to get into a real fresh season of the Lord using you in ways that you had never seen before. But you must, be, you must be ready to allow the Lord to use you. We need to release yourselves for the God to just release his gifts in your life. But you must be alert to the plan of the enemy. For some reason, worship leaders struggle. They struggle the most with some of the most complicated troubles in this world. Why? Because the enemy wants to always attack worship leaders. There's always an attack on your life. Most often times, it's in the sexual area also. It's in relationships, in those difficult areas. The enemy seems to just fight in that direction. I want to just pray for you guys. I just felt a burden as you were singing here just to pray. And everybody just stretch out your hands and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to pray for Isaac. Lord, cover him. Cover him in the name of Jesus. Cover him. Cover him from every scheme of the enemy. I rebuke every attack of the enemy. Every attack designed to attack, to destroy, to quench this gift in the name of Jesus. May, may, may that voice bellow out worship. I want to pray for every worship leader who is here right now. Lord, may you touch them. Lord, may you use them for your glory. May they continue to serve you in ways they had never seen before. So touch them, Heavenly Father. I want to speak a prayer, a special prayer. Lord, touch them. Touch them. Touch them, Heavenly Father. Touch them, Father. Use them for your glory. Use them for the advancement of the kingdom. Every power of darkness we rebuke now in the name of Jesus. Father, I want to pray for your grace over their lives that they will use this ministry and this gift for your glory. Thank you, Father. Cover them. I don't know what their requests are. I don't know what they came praying about Lord but there was a burden to just cover them Father cover them against every snare of the enemy every power of darkness cover them Lord and use them for your glory in Jesus name I pray Amen thank you my brothers on the instruments also thank you thank you so much praise the Lord I'm really excited to be here and I am also excited because I'm in the youth service some of you won't believe it, but this youth service and this 3 p.m. meetings began way back in the 80s. And we're talking about the mid, somewhere in the mid-80s. You may have known about someone called Uncle Ben Mugara. Some of you might know. The, the older ones might, might know. 
But Uncle Ben was the chaplain of, of St. Francis. And out of these services here is where AYF band was growing. So as young boys and young girls, we came here at about 3 p.m. just to hear guitars and keyboards and people worshipping somewhere around 86, 87. You know, we would come here and just sit and just listen to, to wonderful worship. And then it went down a bit. And then we began to do it again in the 90s from the youth camps. We wanted to come and do um, youth service. And then it also died again. And then it came back as a deliverance service with Sam Ewao, James Sabola, and the others somewhere in the late 90s, maybe early 2000. I think it went quiet again and then it became a youth service. So 3 p.m. has always, always been a place of refreshment, a place of replenishment. Amen? Where you can do what you want to do. I've been wearing a heavy gown all morning. I'm glad that I can just put it off. No offense, Reverend Betty. But whew, thank God that I can uh, just be me right now. But God is faithful. I bring greetings from my wife, Estella. There's a family meeting going on, so you'll allow me to sneak away after the sermon and join them. And uh, they were also doing the children, my four children were part of a youth, of a children's service at Lueza where I serve and, uh, and that's, that's where they are. But today I want to speak about the abundant blessing of giving. Abundant blessing of giving. If you can write something down, please write it down. The abundant blessing of giving. And I come here in humility and by the grace of God. I don't feel worthy at all to be preaching up here this, this afternoon. I don't feel like I am the best fit to actually be able to share. But it's amazing that God can use anybody. It's amazing that by God's grace, God will still use anybody. Amen? So I, just, I feel honored that I'm here right now. I don't know if my, my brothers are up there on the scriptures, but if you could read, if you could open Luke chapter 6 verse 38, these are the most common scriptures in the Bible that talk about giving. The most common, fundamental, probably in your head right now, and you could recite them. But it talks about give and it shall be given to you. Press down, shaken together, and what? And running over. It's a scripture that we have heard over and over again. But every time we talk about giving, I know that there's a bit of a challenge. Not everybody's excited about giving summons. How many of you are excited about giving summons? You are. You are you're like, yes, Lord. It's about giving. If it's deliverance, if it's prayer, if it's the prophetic, oh, shit, it, 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 everybody's excited. But giving, giving is always, mm, they want money from us again. They want to build the cathedral. They've been building since we were in Sunday school. And now we're here. I pray that that cathedral will be finished in your time now. Now, I'm talking about next year. Someone say amen. I was here, the last time I was here, we had a, we had a fundraising. And I was privileged to, to head the fundraising. And because my heart and mind has always been here. I served here as a youth chairman. I served here. I've been here since Sunday school. I grew up in these pews. I came to this all sense before that wing was there. It was just a smaller chapel. And they expanded the chapel in the 80s when I was here. But I was a youth chairman, early 2000, 
and 2003, and then I was in the council, worship chairman. But one of the most exciting things was being chairman of the SCP and leading the fundraising to come out of the basement, to bring the walls up, to roof, and now the finishes are started. I thank the Lord for that. Yes, amen. And it was exciting to be here for the last fundraising in, in September. And we were saying we needed four billion, just four billion. Someone said just four billion. It's just over one million dollars, really. What is this for the king of kings? Does that make sense? Or oh, it is four billion. No, it is four, just, just four billion. In that one day and a few days ahead, the people were able to pledge and give more than a billion shillings. I have never seen that. I've been here for quite a bit, in all sense. I couldn't say that in the first service because my mother and others have been here for 50 years or more. But when I'm in this youth service, I can carefully say with confidence that I've been here longer than many of you. I have never seen a billion shillings collected in one week. There's something happening in this cathedral. People are learning the secrets of giving. When you understand the mysteries and the power of being blessed and the abundant blessing that comes with giving, you will never struggle with giving again. Right now, I asked Reverend Jafu, how far are we? He told me now we are close to the two billion mark. Can you believe it? One and a half months. We used to take, we used to take one year and a half to collect a billion for a long time. We would beg, would come here with baskets, SCP, oh please. We are, we are praying and asking. Two billion in a month and a half. So, Four billion, is that a big deal? Do you see us getting stuck and worried? In fact, right now it's about contracting, but there's enough money now to get things moving. Amen? So be a part of the shift of God and understand the power of giving. So I want to talk about the abundant blessing of giving. So give and it shall come back to you. Press down, shaken together and running over. I don't think I have a scripture, so I'll just keep paraphrasing. The book of, of Malachi chapter 3, and I'll just paraphrase in the interest of time. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, is one of the most common scriptures in the Bible. And it talks about, bring the, the whole tithe. You all know that one, right? I'm sure there was an, a leader in secondary school who used to really torment you with that scripture. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there will not lack any food. Amen? It says, bring the whole and, I, and see. It says, test me and see. Other scriptures say, try me, saith the Lord of hosts, and you will see if I want to open the floodgates of heaven, but you won't even have enough room to store it. Can you imagine God opening the floodgates of heaven, and you don't even have enough room to store the blessings? Oh, I, I would love that. How many of you would love to be so blessed that you don't even have room to receive that blessing? How many of you? Because then you shift from being blessed to being a blessing. And I'll talk about that. When you become a conduit because you are receiving so much that you just let out also more. You're not like, like a one-way um, lake. You like receive and let out the tributaries. You're just a blessing. That's what I'm going to talk about today. How can we shift from being blessed to being a blessing? Amen? Because the storehouse and the heavens are open... You don't even have enough store. So you open your gates and your bands and begin to push out for others to be blessed. I pray that all of you here will be blessed in the name of Jesus. I pray that all of you will receive a freshness in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to talk about something here. So of course Malachi 3.10 therefore says that, that test me. I love that. Test me. 
Imagine God saying, test me. The God of all silver and gold. Woo. He says, test me. Try me. Just give it a shot. I am here. The condition is, bring all the tithes. Give, and it shall come back to you. Press down, shaken together. When you plant a mango, do you get a mango, one mango back? When you plant a mango, what do you get? You get a fruit tree that could last years from one seed. So you sow the seed and you get fruits out of that seed. You get trees out of that seed. You get a harvest out of that seed. The question is, are you sowing? Do you understand where to sow? Do you understand with whom to sow? In whom to sow? Do you understand the power of sowing? So a man who doesn't give has no seed that has been sown and cannot expect a harvest because they didn't even make any room for it. You didn't even make room for the harvest because you didn't sow a seed. Amen? So I just want to say three T's. They are T's that I shared in the morning services. And I want to say this again. I have shared this before. Possibly, I'm not sure if I shared it here. But you can give God not just finances. Oftentimes, you're all thinking it's finances. It's money, it's money, it's money. God wants more than money from you. In fact, let me say this to you right now. God can do without your money. God can survive. Don't, don't, don't feel pressured. Don't feel coerced. Don't feel like the cathedral will not be complete if you don't bring the money. I'm speaking a little boldly, so bear with me. Okay? Don't feel like I am being forced to bring money to finish the cathedral. If you're not a cheerful giver, sit down. Stay where you are. Just stay where you are. Be calm and be still. Hold on to that. Until you learn the power of giving, you'll be getting up before the priests even begin giving the basket. You'll just be itching to give because you understand the power of giving. It must be a personal revelation. No coercion, no manipulation, no those who have $10,000 line up here, those who have 5000 come here, there's a special... No, 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 no. You just rise up because you know the source, you know the giver. You're not intimidated by gifts. You understand the giver. Someone say amen. Every time you feel coerced, please don't rise up. Don't come. Because God loves a cheerful giver. You're making a loss every time you walk up here. Uncheerful, you're grumbling, but our money, where is our money? Where is our money going? Why did they... Sit down, please. Stay where you are. Is it brutal? Or is it fair? It's fair to say, right? God loves a cheerful giver. God loves people who are excited. They understand the giver and they are, they are dying to bring. Imagine God is the source. And I told people earlier that sometimes I give my son... As a test, I give him some things. Then I ask some from him again. I say, please, it's called a hunger. I say, a hunger, can I have some of that? He was much younger. Now he's very different. He would say, no, 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 daddy, I can't give you. Look, this is all I have. He forgets that I am the source. He forgets that I am the provider. He forgets that from me, there are many other gifts that are about to come. <laughs> Does that make sense to you? He begins saying, but, but now, daddy, you see, this is all I have how many of you have found yourself calculating your tithe? 5%, 11, is it 11.5? Is it on my net? Excuse me, teacher. Is it on net or on gross? Is it 11 or 9 point? What if I give 9.5? Would, would I be cast? No, 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 no. Stop calculating. Stop getting scientific about it. The moment you see giving as a personal revelation, you will never be the same again. 10%? Somebody gives you 100 every month? He only wants 10% as a test. He's saying, bring your tithes. 
test me and say, it's a test, by the way. So every time you're about to tithe, remember you're, you're being tested. If I want to open the floodgates of heaven, there you are now on a laptop calculating about 9.6. If I remove those cents, you're on an Excel sheet. You're now calculating for God. You're forgetting that God is the provider. <laughs> he is the source. If you get it, you'll never be the same again. He is the ultimate. He's like, he's giving you a little bit and he's holding back a lot more. He's about to unleash the floodgates of heaven. You won't even have enough room for it. So never feel coerced to give. Never feel intimidated to give. Never give, be conjoled to give. You just rise up with excitement, cheerful, because you understand the power of giving. Someone say amen. Just tell your neighbor the power of giving. So, you can give more than, than money. There are three T's I want to share with you. I always share them everywhere I go. And some of you may have heard them before. I want to say that you need to be able to give your time. Give your time. And for me, these are riding principles for me. Today, I was asked to preach in four services. I was like, whoa, four services. So I had to begin pushing everything away. I told my family, you'll survive. You'll be fine. You're going to be okay. I'll find you later. You know, you must make time. What are you doing with your time? What happens to your time? What, what, what do you do? You, some of you are extremely busy. How many of you feel very busy? You're crowded. Your whole life is busy to do the things of God. You're so busy. Like busy is your other name. How are you? Man, I'm busy. Things are tough. You know, we are busy. You know how it is. We are working. I wish I would give you a glimpse of my week. Just a glimpse of my week. I don't know if Grace got a glimpse of my week. She worked with me for a little bit then left me. But you need a glimpse of a life in a government office. You're cutting a ribbon, you're taking photos, you're coming for another ceremony, you're having a talk show, but someone's waiting for you somewhere else. Then you have another meeting, but the minister is going to want, need you somewhere. You must sit and he talks for four hours. Then they're going to call you somewhere else and you sit, wait for the big boss who will see you after four hours, but you must sit and wait. But you, but you must also have the report by the early morning because parliamentarians also want the report at this time. That is our life. Every single day, meeting, after, at least there's mandazi in those meetings. You know government meetings, there's mandazi, chapatis, milk, African tea, you know. <laughs> so I came from Nairobi with all this luzungu. You know, you come from an American company. Oh, so you come and you come back to the government. So I came back from Oracle and I was excited to work for the government. And I said, I'm, you know, my friend, you realize that you have to calm down a bit. Because you come and you want everybody on time. I'm starting at, at, at 10, at 10 zero, zero, you know. And then you come and you're alone. So I told my whole directorate, if you come after me, you're in trouble. If, you, if I walk in and I'm your boss and you come, I told my managers, and these are big guys, you know, like commissioners, and you have commissioners who are under you. And, and you tell them, I am walking in here. But when I walk to my meeting, you better be here before me. Because my meetings must start on time. Now, getting that culture in a government office. There are places you go to and people just walk in one hour later. And you wonder, where is it? So, what are you doing with your time? The first T is time. Write it down. God wants your time. Some of you have been too busy for the things of God. God wants your time. Number two, God wants your talents. And I prayed for the worship team here. Because I know what it means. And I, I really, it's been a long time since I'm a worship team. But I just thank God for, for, for worshipers. Hallelujah. Talents. What are you doing with your talent? 
Don't tell me you now got married, so you can't, your talent has gone. I see many, many youth who are now moved on, right? I see, I see my lovely people here right now. I know you still minister. Please don't allow marriage to slow your ministry down. Please. Don't allow marriage. And I'm speaking to some, my dear friends. I can see some much younger youth who are now transitioned. Don't allow marriage to take your gift away. Because all of you have a talent. Your talent can't fizzle away. Because now you're... In fact, it should double up. Someone say amen. Amen. If you love singing, sing a bit more. If you love to lead, lead a bit more. Amen. Time... Talents and treasures is the third one. Three T's. That's how you serve God. That's what you give. God is looking for time, talents, and treasures. Time, talents, and treasures. What do you treasure most? What is, is it that you love most, that you treasure most? I told the people in the first service, or second service, one of the two, I said, you know, I, we were possibly three, four years in our marriage, and I've been married for 18 years. Amen. 18 years. And the first four years, ooh, you know, I was working in a World Bank project. I was earning dollars. Ooh, life was really, as a young man, I had married my wife, broke, pale. I had no money. I just had stories. <laughs> my brothers, you, you kind of click, you click that, that moment, huh? All you have is you have a vision in you. You come and tell the babe man, Gwei, it's going to be okay. She's like, show me. You're like, you just believe me. It's going to be fine. There was a, there was a Nando's and a Steers. They were all closed down. But my wife used to take me there and pay because I couldn't afford. But I was dating her. But I was just telling her, Don't you just you handle for now. Eh? But it's, God is putting it together. It's, it's coming along. My wife came from a very a little organized family. And they had saved for her. So she had a bank account. At university, for me, man, hey, I was hand to mouth. I was pale looking. I was thin. I was, I was broke. I had nothing, but I had, I had faith and promise in me, inside of me. I remember telling my wife, by the way, if you say yes, it was the last day of my third year. She was in her first year going to second year, medical school. Can you imagine trying to con a medical student in her first year? You're vibing this babe in her first year. You're wondering, eh, I must have faith. Even Ash looked at me and said, but you guys, do you understand I'm in my first year? I have second year, I have third year, fourth year, fifth year, and internship. So she had five years to go. But I told her, for me, this is it. If you say yes today, it was my last day. I was at Mbara University. It was my last day of school. I'd done a three-year computer science course. I had no degree yet. I had no money, but I had faith in me. Someone say Amen. Woo, I was a giver, by the way. Whatever small, I, I was already a giver. So in my mind, I was confident. So I told her, if you say yes to me, and I wish my wife was here, because she always laughs and says, but you young man, what were you thinking? I told her that I will, I will marry you. I'm not here for jokes. If you say yes, no stories, we're going to marriage. She said yes. I told her, if you say yes, you'll never be broke in your life. I was broke, meanwhile. I told her, you'll never lack. You'll never go hungry in your life. You, I, I said, as, as long as you say yes to me, I'm sure in the back of my mind I was thinking, Lord, please don't embarrass me. My wife, 18 years, has never lacked by the grace of God. And I say this humbly. 
We've never gone hungry. We've never lacked. Four years into our marriage, we had a, a, you know, a car. I'm a little bit like Prince. We like cars a bit. Somebody knows Prince likes cars? Yeah, he does. Do I to like car enough? I don't, do you like cars enough? No, sort of. Okay. You can survive, right? As long as it goes A to B. Are you sure? Okay. I'm not the A to B guy. I like it. Nice. So God gave us a full drive. Just four years into our marriage, it was a new car. I gave it to my wife. And, oof, I mean, I was excited. And then God gave me a word. And said that I want that car. This ministry to be done. So sell the car and put the money. There was a construction of a church going on. I needed to sow a seed. So I said, I want to sell this car and sow everything. We shall sell the car and sow every proceed to the ministry of God. I felt sick for two days. I was sweating. I didn't even know how to tell Estella, my wife. I said, how am I going to tell her? It was a Mercedes-Benz, you know, German cars. Woof. And I kept thinking to myself, how am I going to tell her that baby, you know that other car that I got you, Kati, now, uh, God needs it. It's amazing. My wife is a giver. I told her, and she said, yes. She said, let it go. She said, you've heard from God. I said, yes. I don't even know. I think she just believed me, Bambi. She gave me the keys. We sold the Mercedes-Benz. We pledged all the money into building. It built the church. We have never lacked a car. Never. In all these years. Let me dare say this humbly. We've always had more than we need. Always. We've never, never had a challenge. God, you just give and it comes back to you. Pressed down, shaken together and running over. My wife has never struggled in that space. Never. But she had to have the faith to believe what I was feeling that time. And I felt, and I felt God speak to me. Please don't go home selling your cars. Please be careful. Don't say this preacher said you go home and sell cars. Don't go and sell your father's property. Make sure you've heard the voice of God. Amen? And I want to take you through a gentleman called Abraham who I love so much. And I think I won't go too deeply like I've done in the other services. But Genesis chapter 12 talks about the promise of Abraham. Abraham understood what it meant to be a blessing. And if you're, if you're there on the scriptures, please open for me Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. If you're not, I'll go manual and read. Genesis 12, 1 to 3. Ah, there you go. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family. Can you imagine? Leave your family from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Verse 2 says, I will make you a great nation. Whew, Abraham. I will bless you and make your name and you shall be a... Abraham was no ordinary believer. That's why you still remember Abraham. Abraham had transitioned to become a blessing. He wasn't just an ordinary... And I'll show you the stages of moving from an ordinary believer to being blessed. There's some people you meet today and say, but you're blessed. I look at your marriage and you're blessed. I look at your children and you're blessed. I look at your career and you're blessed. Ooh, I look at your family. You look blessed. I see the way you do your ministry. You are blessed. But I'm talking today about the third level. You move from being blessed to becoming a blessing. From being blessed to becoming Abraham, the Bible said, and I'll make you a blessing. A blessing is one who has more than he needs. He just opens up channels and just channels the blessings to others around him. 
You're like a conduit. God appoints you to become a conduit. You begin scattering and giving. Why? Because God has replenished and given you so much that now you're a blessing. But to become a blessing, you must pass a test that I will share with you. Amen? So Abraham, and I won't go too deeply into the story of Abraham, but you must shift from being an ordinary believer to one who is blessed. That transition takes understanding the mysteries and the powers of giving. Some have been wondering why whenever you make money, it just disappears. How many of you feel that way? You make money, but you cannot tell where the money goes. For a long time, I had that situation. You make money, someone meets you two days later, you don't know where the money went. You can't even tell. When you make money, it's suddenly when someone falls sick in the family, for some reason. Someone just falls sick every time you have money. That's the devourer. The Bible says in Malachi 3.11, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Somehow it's like you have buckets. You have a bucket with holes. And every time you have, you're pouring money like water and it just, just drips out. Hallelujah. He says, I'll make you a blessing. He told Abraham. Now understand Abraham very quickly. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of who? Jacob. Let's go again. Abraham was the father of? Isaac was the father of? Jacob was the father of? Anybody remembers? Joseph, Benjamin. Remember a guy called Judah? So out of Judah came the lineage of Jesus. So Abraham is actually an ancestor of Jesus. Out of Judah came Jesse. Out of Jesse came King David. Out of King David came Solomon. So you can account all those blessings of people who were wealthy, they were rich to Abraham. And Abraham had to pass some tests for the generations after him to live in blessings. Some of you see the news today, but the blessings you see of the Jews, let me tell you about the Jews. I wish I could preach about, this is like an overnight topic, so I won't go deeply into it. But the Jews, I went to Israel and I wondered to myself, why do people fight over this small, tiny, dry, arid land called Israel? Israel is like Wakiso, Mukono put together. It's a very small, it's like, it's actually 20,000 square kilometers. Uganda is 240,000 square kilometers. It is less than a tenth of Uganda, Israel. The Gaza Strip is like, the Gaza Strip is like where? I'll give an example. It's possibly like the way you see, you know, Najera, Chiwatule. It's a third of Ibanda district. I was, I was speaking to some people from Ibanda and I, I did the numbers and it was actually a third of Ibanda. A small district. So the Gaza Strip is a small district. Some people in Uganda own land almost as big as the Gaza Strip. But it is the most contested strip in the world. It's the most contentious piece of land called Israel. It is dry. They use tubes to irrigate. In Uganda here, you throw a mango, it grows. You throw an avocado by mistake, it grows in your compound. Everything grows in We are so blessed. But the land called Israel is a special place. If you go there, you will begin to pray for Israel. When you open, when you watch CNN, you won't just watch CNN anyhow. You will know that there is a prophetic significance about the battle of the Palestinians and the Jews. You will stop just looking at it as a humanitarian crisis, as a historical, political situation, geopolitical, you know all those words. It's actually a biblical prophecy. 
Abraham was the man God made a covenant with. And he said, I want to give you, in chapter 12, I'm giving this land that you will see. Go, I'll show you that land. He even gave him the borders. He showed him the borders of that whole land. So he gave him a land title. Almost. A title did and said, here you go. I'm giving it to your children, your descendants forever. So when you watch the news, relax. You're going to see how Israel turns around that situation. You'll be surprised. They, in the Bible, doesn't talk about them being defeated in this battle, not now. So you're about to see things turning around. Israel is surrounded by enemies who are backed by Iran. They would want to finish Israel every, any day. Bombard them, kill them, slaughter them. But the hand of God is on Israel. Why? He made a covenant with their forefather called Abraham. He even boasts and says, do you not know me? When they came out of the promised land, some people didn't even know God. They didn't even know the history. So he told them, let me introduce myself to you. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If you have read and heard about those men, I am that God. That's his CV. Can you imagine? He uses men in his CV. God is so proud of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that he says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. I, I pray someday you'll see I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Colin. Woo. Say amen if you feel it. May that be your name. Why? Because we are blessed. We're in the same lineage. Amen? And so Abraham is a mighty man who, out of Sarah, they had a son called Isaac. And Isaac was a prize. He was a great prize. So, three levels. Just write them down. You move from ordinary believer... An ordinary believer is, you're born again. Hallelujah. You are even going to heaven, by the way. But you haven't begun to test the true blessings of God. You feel it. Everything you touch doesn't work. Everywhere you go, it doesn't seem to come through. You go for interviews, nothing seems to work. You seem to save money, but it disappears somehow. You have partners who just defraud you. You, seem to just, you can't seem to be tangibly touching the blessings of God. You need to transition from being an ordinary believer to one who is blessed. I know the definition doesn't sound good, but this is it. You move from ordinary believer to one who is being blessed. I will bless you. Give and it shall come back to you. Press down, shaken together, running over. The floodgates shall open. That's a blessed believer. Hallelujah. Sometimes we can see it in your family. We can see it in your life. We can see it in your job, your financial stability. We can tell that you're blessed. That's the middle place. The true place I want to talk about in a few minutes is moving from blessed to a blessing. Because when you're a blessing, when you're a blessing, you now have transitioned to new levels like Abraham did. And I want to share that secret with you right now. So, an ordinary believer, born again, headed to heaven, level one, you must upgrade to being blessed. But the third level is moving from being blessed to become a blessing. That's why the scripture, God was saying, I want to, make, I want to bless you, then I want to make you a blessing. And you'll see the scripture as we go along. Hallelujah. So I want to say to you right now that there are four types of blessings. Please write them down. Four types of blessings. Four types of blessings. The first blessing is spiritual blessings. You all have spiritual blessings. I pray that you've all tapped into spiritual blessings. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Spiritual blessings. Just write it down and read that in your free time. Number two, material and financial blessings. Ooh, I'm sure everybody wants that also. That's number two type of blessing. Look, Abraham was rich. Chapter 12, he has a promise. 
chapter 13, Abraham leaves Egypt. Remember, he had lied about Sarah. He had stories and whatever. The king said, man, just go. Please, don't bring me problems. He gave him gold, silver. Abraham left Egypt with so much wealth. Even his cousin Lot had so much wealth. So they left Egypt, wealthy men. Tell your neighbor, I also want that wealth. You know, Anglicans talk about wealth quietly. I also want that wealth. Man, if I was in a Pentecostal church now, they'd be lifting up chairs. That wealth in the name of Jesus. But Anglicans are modest. The, the, the pews are heavy. But you can tell when people believe what they're saying. Right now, I don't think you believe me yet about wealth. I think you're content where you are. Abraham was not just, he wasn't anyhow. He wasn't begging for trampo and transport every day. He was a man of wealth. He had silver, he had gold, he had livestock. Isaac had silver, gold, and livestock. Abraham was wealthy. Jacob was wealthy. Solomon was the wealthiest man that we can ever think of. David was wealthy. It's okay for you to be wealthy. Tell your neighbor it's okay. It's okay. Because Anglicans, you're, you're very polite. You're polite. You're like, ah, 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 don't overshow eh, that you want. Be modest. At some time, no, no, no. It's okay to be wealthy. And how can you, let me tell you, how we finish in that cathedral if there's no wealth coming from you? Tell me. Just please help me understand. How are we going to finish the cathedral when you're all struggling with mortgages, you're struggling with, with transport, you're struggling with tomorrow's meal? How are we going to finish the cathedral? Please tell me. Someone please explain to me. May God give you wealth. Someone say amen. May God give you resources that you won't just be blessed. You will be a you'll just begin to channel blessings come out of you. I hope somebody taps this, taps this right now. Refuse to be an ordinary Christian. Refuse to be an ordinary believer. Move to the blessed realm. Move to the blessing realm. Hallelujah. I love that. And I, I was telling people in the first service, please be careful. You know, whenever they come for offering, don't come grumbling. Some of you grumble. You're grumbling. Our money. You remember the things you used to say in school clubs? If the DJ turned the music off, you say our money. Now here you also say our money about, about things, church, everything. You're grumbling. You come up grumbling. No, 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 don't grumble. All right? Come cheerfully. Some of you are looking for a change to give to God. How many of you knew that, sy that syndrome? When you open your wallet, you're looking for the smallest, oldest notes to bring for offertory. Am I being mean this afternoon? When we were growing up sometimes, our parents actually, some of the parents would, would actually give, give them small notes. And now I'm a parent of four children. I'm, I'm learning to be careful. When I open my wallet and I'm sending my kids to Sunday school, what am I showing them and teaching them? Do you give out the best? Do you take the best? Of course, I keep warning them, don't buy sweets. Please, don't buy sweets. But I'm telling them, you can take the best to God. Sometimes we take the oldest notes. Oldest. We even... We even I've seen people coming to give. They come, they first, they get it, then they squeeze it, and then they bring it like a holy Anglican, right? And then they rub it. But please, guys, forgive me. I know many of you do that, but I hope that today you'll snap out of it. Come cheerfully. I'm not saying being humble is, is a problem, but don't go for the smallest, oldest note, and you say, Father, I have made so much money. Please receive this cannot. And then you, you squeeze it together. By the way, the wardens take like two hours, one hour or so, just opening your old notes. It's like a gift, opening notes. I was a warden once. 
You just, you're opening all, you're wondering why, why did she do that? Why did he do it? Really? It's all ringed up. I don't know where we got this tradition from. Where did we learn this from? Did anybody say you must harass God's giving when you're bringing it? The thing looks haggard and harassed. By the time it reaches the basket, people don't even know it's a thousand shillings. Is it, is it, is it 5,000? It's just all haggard. Please be cheerful. Please be givers. Be excited about the giving. I'm sorry I'm hitting on some of you, but please take it in. I'm your big brother. You will survive. In fact, you will prosper. If you take this, you will prosper. Amen? Hallelujah. So, I was telling them, please don't bring those small, the small change. Look in the wallet and look for the best that you can. Look for the best that you can and, and bring it cheerfully. Every time you feel manipulated, please, please don't come. Please stay where you are. Please don't come if you're manipulated. If you feel coerced, but the way the, the preacher is saying it, he's as though he's forcing us, stay. Stay where you are. Because that's a loss. I keep telling guys, do you know what a loss is? It's, it's a sunk cost. That money will never come back. It's not the kind that brings back. You must be a cheerful giver. Excited. Even before SCP comes here, for you already here with your envelope, you're saying, Reverend, where? Show us where to put the money. Because you understand the power of giving. Because you understand the revelation behind giving. Someone say amen. The moment you pick the revelation behind giving, you'll never need to be coerced or told anything. You'll be giving excited. Doesn't matter how much you have. I won't talk about amounts of money. I'm just talking about the heart. What do you bring? I've been places where I've been broke, 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 broke. But whatever small thing I had, I gave. There's a time I took a step of faith and I gave my transport money. Please don't do those things unless you've had God. Please. You may walk home proper. Properly. But I've done crazy things. I'm saying, but God, you say that you're what? I bring my transport. And it's amazing. It's actually a youth service also. And somehow the preacher, after preaching, had an envelope and he wanted to share the money with me. After the preaching. He thought it wise to just share the money with me. I had probably given up like 5K of those days. Right? And this guy gives me about 50,000 shillings. He just says, I just feel calling that I need to give it to you. In a youth service like this, I gave up my transport thinking, ah, let me just do it. Let me see what the Lord says. And I've seen God move in our giving. Hallelujah. Now, let me say this very quickly as I begin to close. Blessed to become a blessing, you must be tested. This is the last transition. It is ordinary believer to being blessed. You need to give. Press down, shaking together and running over. You must move from being blessed to a blessing. You must be tested. That's like the highest level. And Abraham went through the test. Abraham went through the test. It looks like I had begun on the spiritual type, four types of blessings. I didn't finish them. So the first one was spiritual blessings, Ephesians 1 to 3. Number two was material and financial blessings. Second Chronicles chapter 1 verse 12. He maketh rich. He maketh us rich. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Spiritual blessings, material blessings. Number three, undeserved blessings. <laughs> Hallelujah. There are some undeserved blessings. Yet we were sinners, but the Lord still loved us. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Even though, even then when we were sinners, he still loved us. There are some blessings that are undeserved. You even know that you're a fake guy, you've been lousy, you've just been something else, but the Lord still blesses you. Many times I have felt that way. I have felt extremely blessed, but undeserved. I felt like, Lord, how come you still love me? I says, I love you. Undeserved. That's the mercy and the favor of God. Number four, 
is unsolicited blessings. You don't even ask for them and they find you. The scripture talks about a man called Obededom in the Bible. The ark of the Lord, David was moving the ark of the Lord and it just rested in his house just for the night. But the Bible says that the house of Obededom was blessed. Even his tenants were blessed. Everybody in the house was blessed. The, the ark just found them in their house and they were blessed. How many of you want those unsolicited blessings? Unsolicited. You didn't even ask. You didn't even push it. Four types of blessings that I've mentioned to you. But now let me just go through the life just briefly. And I feel like just abridging this now and, and closing. Chapter 12 is the promise of God. And I think let me just run through this in a different way. So Genesis chapter 12 talks about Abraham and the promise. It shows Abraham leaving the land from his fathers. Chapter 13 shows Abraham blessed with gold and silver, a rich man now, wealthy man. It shows him and Lot dividing land. One of the things you learn in chapter 12 and 13 is that Lot was a man who only used his physical eyes, didn't use his spiritual eyes, and that cost him a lot. Abraham was a man who had God. They never said, God said, Abraham, here I am. I am here. He had the voice of God. It's important to hear the voice of God in this season that we're in. If you can't hear the voice of God, you have just cut off the, the, the waves. You have, you have, there's no network where you are. No wonder you're struggling. No wonder you're, and that comes from prayer. My brother Dan Magumba is behind there. When I think about prayer, I think about my brother. brother my brother Dan Magumba here in the 80s, man. These guys would close, they would, in the 90s, they would close that cathedral in the morning. They would pray from 8 p.m. to almost 7 a.m. right here. And I wondered, what are these guys made of? <laughs> May the Lord bless you, my brother. By the way, Dan was my teacher. Please, please clap, clap for Dan. Dan Magumba taught me mathematics and physics. So when you see me here, all over the place, feeling nice and everything, my teacher has taught me. Thank you, Dan. I wouldn't be serving the country if it wasn't for your patience that, that holiday. He gave me a whole holiday. I didn't pay anything. He, he housed me in his house, he fed me, and he taught me physics and mathematics. Before my S6 exams, I went on to become a mathematician. I've done math all my life. I went on to do computer science, physics and math. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dan. And I honor, I honor that in the name of Jesus. So, chapter 12 is a promise. Chapter 13 is the wealth and inherit canon. But I want to just take you to chapter 15. Chapter 15 of, 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 of uh, Genesis. You now begin to see uh, Abraham complaining about being childless. You can imagine this guy had everything, but he was childless. He had gold, silver, cattle. He was known in the land. Everybody knew Abraham. But he was still unhappy because he had no child. He said, what am I going, why am I going to leave all these things? Why am I going to leave all these beautiful things that I have right now? I want a son. Chapter 18, he tells Sarah. But before chapter 18, still in chapter 15, God moves Abraham outside the tent and says, look up to the heavens. What do you see? I see, I see the stars. Can you count them? No, I can't count them. I want to give you more descendants than you can count. Out of you, there's a promise that you receive descendants. But there's something that I'll need to test in you. Chapter 18, he has a son called Isaac. And Abraham is 100 years old. His wife Sarah is now 90 years old when they give birth to Isaac. Can you imagine? Elderly, 
but God's promise has come to pass. Hallelujah. When you're blessed, even time doesn't matter. Even science won't matter. Even biology won't matter. It doesn't matter what the public health people and the physicians said, you will give birth at 90. She gave birth at 90. How many of you believe that you will have children? You'll have many children. I know usually it's many women who lift their hands. The men are just thinking, ah, how does that work? You'll become fathers. Any men here who will be fathers, just raise up your hand. May the Lord give you sons and daughters. Amen? May you receive that in the name of Jesus. So, Sarah was 90, Abraham was 100, they had a son called Isaac. Wow. And anyway, the blessing comes. But they had to be tested. Chapter 22, and that's my last scripture. Chapter 22, he, Isaac is a young man, and God wakes up Abraham and tells him, Abraham, he says, here I am, Lord, as usual. He used to hear God. He says, now go. Take the son that you love, your only son that you love, and give him to me as a burnt sacrifice. Can you imagine? The only son. Give God your time. Give God your talents. Give God your treasures. What is your treasure? When God looked at Abraham, he saw that his son was everything. He said, give me that son. I don't know how you guys would feel if God said, give me the most treasured thing. I've been in a small youth meeting before, much younger than you guys. And for them, their phone is the most treasured thing. These are like 14, 15 year olds. If someone stole their phone, their life would end. I want to tell you, I felt sick when my first phone was stolen. I had a number called 0772427. Now, if you are in the 2000s or the 90s, you realize that those were the first numbers in, by MTN. MTN had four two something, the first number. I had one of the first phones in the university. It was a big phone like this. But everywhere I went, man, oh, guys felt me. Guys just, guys, of course, the, the sisters were coming around, calling, how are you? I want to call my mom. You know, you know, somehow they just appear from nowhere when you have a phone. I don't know why that happens all the time. When I was broke without anything, there were no sisters around me. When the phone came, somehow sisters are now my friend. How are you? I just wanted to say hello. By the way, can I just beep my mom? That time we used to beep. You guys don't beep anymore, do you? Do you even know what beeping is? Oh, I don't think you know. Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You, you, you would... What's the other word for beeping? You would flash. But you guys don't flash anymore, do you? You flash. Or you still flash. I thought there's free air time. There are bundles. There are what? That time, it was, we had even service, something called service fee. You had to pay just to have the phone before you make a call. In the late 90s. So I had a phone. My phone was stolen. I'm telling you, I fell sick. This was about 1998. I fell sick. And it was stolen in a fellowship. You can't believe it. Up to now, I keep thinking, and I remember the guys were in the fellowship. So I keep thinking, who was it? Which sister stole my phone? Which brother stole that phone? Because I, I literally fell sick. Because for me, my treasure was my phone. So I've been in youth meetings where phones are their treasure, Bambi. That's, I look at them and say, what's your treasure? My phone. I'm like, oh, okay. I said, it's a real, it's the prized thing. For Abraham, it was Isaac. And God said, give me that son. So Abraham gets up early in the night. Please bring that scripture up in, in chapter 22 as we close. And Abraham rises up early and takes his son. He takes his son. He didn't even wake up the wife. Because you don't wake up Sarah and tell her that your son was going to be sacrificed. What do you think? Can I just take you, our, our son? He's been, God has asked us to sacrifice our son. You just get up quietly 
There are things that you have to do quietly. So he gets up quietly, leaves Sarah sleeping, picks up his son, picks up a knife, takes the wood, and goes up to the mountain. The Bible says that while he was there, after three days, he lays Isaac, and Isaac is conversing with the father. But daddy, I, I, I don't see the ram. I don't see the lamb. What, where is the sacrifice? He had no idea. He was the sacrifice. So they get the little man, play him down. He raises his hand. And right there, the angel of the Lord calls out, Abraham, Abraham, don't lay a hand on that young man. He now provides him a lamb, as you all know the story ends. But I want to reach that scripture. Are you there on the scriptures? Anybody there? Chapter 22, just open that. And move all the way to after the lamb because I need to close okay if the scripture is not coming let me open let me go back to my manual bible and um, now this is verse 15 the end of the Lord um, called to Abraham a second time of heaven and said by myself I have sworn this is God now swearing can you imagine God swearing before you I have sworn says the Lord because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son your only son blessing I will bless you do you hear that he's not even calling him Abraham he's saying blessing I will bless you even more multiplying I will multiply you Abraham has now passed the test but this is why he said it he said, um, especially verse 12, it says, don't lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Now I have accepted, I am God, but now I have accepted that you, Abraham, you really fear me. Because he was willing to give up everything. He transitioned from being blessed to a Blessing. He told him now in this scripture, blessing. He says, blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heavens and as the sand is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. When you see Israel fighting, conquering, six enemies around them, this is the promise, that's the scripture. When you open the news today and see Israel under, under war, you ought to know how it's going to end. It is biblical prophecy. Because Abraham made a covenant, he passed the ultimate test. Abraham became a blessing. May you be a blessing. May you be a blessing. And the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his son. Not just his son, but his only. You can't love and not give. I've always loved that. I say that every time I am. You can't love and not give. I've told husbands, you can't love and not give to your wife. Are the wives here right now? You can't love and not, your wallet must go along with your love. Someone say amen. So wives, please don't feel free. If he says I love you, also wait and see how the demonstration will be. Because when a man loves you but doesn't give, mm, there's a problem. If I love you, for God so loved the world that he his only son. His only son, just like he asked Abraham, now he gave his only son. So the three keys to being a blessing, the three keys are simple. Number one, you must hear God. Number two, you must see in the spirit like Abraham. You must learn to see in the spirit. Don't see things in the natural realm. 
If that is how you operate daily in the natural realm, you'll be like Lot. You'll choose a thing that looks good, but it's actually Sodom and Gomorrah. But for Abraham, he was listening to the voice of God. And God said, open up your eyes. Look to the north, to the east, to the south. That's the land I will give you. And it was Canaan. So walk in the spirit. Hear God's voice. Walk in the spirit. And number three, be willing to give up all. Willing to give up all. Isaac, or rather Abraham, proved that he was willing to give up everything. And he transitioned from being blessed to become a blessing. Please rise up on your feet right now where you are. And I'm just going to make a prayer and I'll hand this over. Hallelujah. I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Let me have the worshippers here. Yes, I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. I surrender. I surrender all to you and everything I give to you. Just raise up your hands and just worship Him right now. Withholding nothing, hallelujah. Withholding nothing, one more time. I surrender. Yes, I surrender all to Everything I have, everything I need, with holding nothing, holding nothing, holding nothing, with holding nothing, with holding nothing, with holding nothing, with holding nothing. worship you God yes I give you praise and glory and I worship you because you're faithful and right now I want to pray for some people here right now as I close in the name of Jesus I don't know if you're here right now and you feel that you want to make that transition from ordinary to blessed and to a blessing you feel like you've been stagnant for a long time you feel like it's been it's been difficult you've been born again you can feel the Spirit of the Lord, but nothing seems to be shifting in your life. Some of you are just praying for that drive to just stir up your giving. It may be your time. It may be your talent. It might be your treasures, but you're saying, God, just lift me up. I surrender everything. 
whatever you are, just lift up your hands right now as we pray. I surrender all to you and everything I give to you withholding nothing. Oh, hallelujah! Withholding nothing, holding nothing, withholding nothing. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Withholding nothing. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to pray an Abrahamic prayer, a prophetic prayer, like you made a covenant with Abraham and all his descendants. Father, I pray that today as we lift up our hands, we shall transition our giving to a place, a place where, Lord, you will covenant with us. You will tie in with us. Hallelujah. I want to pray for somebody here right now that you will transition from being an ordinary believer to being blessed. I want to cancel the spirit of debt in your life in the name of Jesus. Those perpetual debts, I cancel them in the name of Jesus. Constantly indebted. Everything that you do is debt. Everything that you touch, you seem to be in trouble, in debt all the time. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. You shall be a lender to many and a borrower from none in the name of Jesus. You shall prosper in all things. Like the book of 3 John verse 2. It says to my friend Gaius, how I pray that your soul shall prosper just as your health prospers. I want to pray for somebody here who's been struggling and asking for that promotion. Receive it now in the name of Jesus. I want to rebuke the devourer for your sake right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost, rebuke the devourer for their sake. I want to pray a release in your finances. I pray a release in your career. I pray a release in your relationship life. Some of you have struggled from one gentleman to another. For some reason, they just never say yes. They never follow through. They never commit. When you're somehow, you're almost there, they have a reason why they bail out. I cancel that spirit of almost there now in the name of Jesus. I decree and declare the blessings of God. I decree and declare prayer over your lives right now. I pray that you'll be blessed in all things. The Bible says in chapter 24 verse 1 that Abraham was blessed. He was blessed in all things. Hallelujah. He was blessed with wealth and he lived a good old age but he was blessed in all things. I pray that you'll be blessed in all things. I decree and declare that you'll never lack. I decree and declare that you will be blessed in all things in the name of Jesus. I want to rebuke the spirit of sickness that could be in your families. Every time you have money, somehow someone falls sick. That devourer will rebuke in the name of Jesus. I want to cast the spirit of almost there. You're always in the interview. You're just about to get the job. But you're always almost. They call you up and say you are number two. You almost got the job, but... There's always a but. We cancel that now in the name of Jesus. This afternoon, I decree and declare release in your lives in the name of Jesus. But I pray that the revelation of giving will come alive in your lives from now onwards. You will give cheerfully. You will run to give. Like Isaac, or rather like Abraham, you will pass the test. Nothing will be too big for you to give. No treasure, no amount of time, no amount of talent, you will rise up and bring it to the service of the Lord because you understand the giver 
and not the gifts. May the Lord give you a revelation of the, of the giver. Hallelujah. So Heavenly Father, touch your people. Bless them as we close. I decree and declare your blessings. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Receive your people to this evening and cause you to speak to us. May our giving rise. May we transition from ordinary to blessed, from blessed to a blessing. But Father, give us the tenacity to pass the test. Lord, teach us your way. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to walk in the Spirit. Help us to be willing to give up everything. Thank you, Father. We bless you and we worship you. We give you glory and praise. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, I surrender all. I surrender.